Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson and producer Shell. Producer Shell, you are back from the US. How are yeah. you? Welcome back. I am good. It's so good to be back. Thanks. Yeah. How oh, was your time amazing. over there? Did you oh. miss us too? Oh, it's only two weeks. I mean, I love you guys, but... Oh. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Say your piece, Shell. I understand. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm right I was, there with you. I was you. surrounded by all kinds of people who I hadn't seen for ages, so yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to, <laughs> to miss it. Wow. Shell is speaking her mind <laughs> this morning. She? This is powerful. I think it's the jet lag, That's, actually. No, 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 no. no. She is in her... She, it, she is in her right mind saying this, and she's going to be in her right mind when I don't I, get I her. I don't think of you guys often. Like, you know, that's not, that's, that's what we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's enough It for was us. like a cause of stress, you know, thinking back about the work on Faith of Family. Like, oh, I hope things are going well. I hope they didn't I, burn I the studio into down. the show a couple of times. Yeah, so. you oh. can't help yourself, can you? No. I know. That's we awesome. know you love the show. We love the show. We hope our listeners really love the show. We know mm. we get really good texts letting us know too. But yeah, if you do really love Faith FM, tell us what you love about Faith FM. Text us in on 0491064669 and let us know. Hey, Lawson, what are you grateful for today? Man, uh, I'm grateful. I'm looking forward to a mid-semester break, not next week, but the week after. Oh, they're always good, eh? Yeah, it's just like... Hopefully you won't have to do any studies during that time. Again, you know, when I talk about my my faithful, my faithfulness, it's like a lot of it's to do with my study. And maybe you're listening this morning, you're like, okay, Lawson, we get it. You're studying. It's like, yeah, fair enough. What are you grateful for, Danuta? I'm grateful for the fact that my husband husband cleaned our fountain outside on the weekend. So I was able to work outside on the computer doing work with the fountain going. How Mm. good is that? That's (laughs) awesome, mate. In the sunshine. Yeah, it was just beautiful. So yeah, really good space to work. And coming up on our show today, we have an interview with Paul Murgard from Destiny Rescue. It'll be Mm. fascinating stuff. On our news, we're looking at new habitats for koalas and also geopolitics. And in our Bible study time, we're continuing on Ephesians 6 on the call to stand. And the topic today is standing on the ancient battlefield. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson, Lawson. We have our first quiz question. Where are we going with that one today? Our first quiz question for this morning. What foundation did the foolish man choose to build his home on? This is like a question that I feel like if you... No, the songs from if childhood you know the so- days. That's right. If you grew up going to church, or even for myself, who grew up, like I went to the Catholic school, we, yeah. we knew this, man. Like we, we, yeah. we read these passages and would sing the song and whatnot and would learn the stories. And um, I can't talk too much about it because I feel like it's going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to give it away. It I thought, knowing nah, what I did nah, the nah, other nah, day, nah. I'll probably give out the word, <laughs> hey, like I did accidentally the other day. So, hey, if you know the answer to this one, 0491 that is our number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will get a chance or you will gain another chance, maybe if you've been answering throughout the week, 
in the draw that will be happening on Friday, Friday. tomorrow. So, hey, our draw is for the amazing book. We've got A Taste of Travel by Nancy Kite. And I've been loving talking about yeah, this book. Because we just get to pick countries and just go to them. You know what? You know which country we haven't done yet? Which I one think? have we done? We haven't done the United States, which obviously Shell uh, has come back from. Yeah. And listen, maybe got? you're like, hey, I want to eat a soup from the United States. That's how you're feeling. Maybe Shell, she's feeling homesick. You know, well, she was, well, she's Australian, but then she's over in does the United have, States. Does it have fried pickles? No. It doesn't. No, we're talking about missing right now. Well, well, this fried pickles. Fried pickles. <laughs> pickles straight from Did the jar are nice, but oh, fried? Hey, no. Really? Why would you fry pickles? They're so good. That sounds nice. That who, sounds else, <laughs> who else out of our listeners has ever had fried pickles? Let us know. Yeah. But maybe you wanted to make a United States mushroom and wild rice soup. Have you ever had that in the United States? Yes. Okay. We're getting nods in this oh, year. Authenticity. Authenticity so for this one. So, hey, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text if you know the answer to go into the book. Like, basically, if you haven't joined us so far, this book, it goes, it has like soups and Takes stews you around the world. from like every single country yep. almost ever. Uh, 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, what foundation did the foolish man choose to build his home on listening to the breakfast show this morning, and for our town, we go through and we shout out a town every single day. We are doing Dalanil, uh, Dalanil in Queensland. How is that spelled? Tell us. D a double l a r n i l. Dalania. Dalanil. Because N I L, so Dalanil, Dalanil, Dalanil. Yes. Regardless, shout out to Must all of our friends more. living there up in Queensland. It's kind of we're, we're talking like Central Queensland, so it's just west of Harvey Bay. Oh, I've been to Harvey Bay. Yeah, beautiful spot. Yeah, I've never been there, but I, I know heaps of people have talked about it and said, "Yeah, Harvey Bay." Oh, is the yeah, Harvey and I went one one of those boat tours, you know, for a couple of hours, and they give you a meal. It's, it was just really nice, oh, really great place to that's go. Awesome. Really great place to go. So Darlanil, 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 Darlanil. It's right up the road from a town called Eureka. So, I don't know that one either. <laughs> so, so I guess you know you you go to Darlinil and you know you're really close to what you're looking for. Absolutely. Because if you just drive up the road, you'll say Eureka. Hey, Absolutely. listening to the breakfast show this morning. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Oh, some really great stuff. You know, right here in Australia, oh, right man. here in our state, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. Do you like koalas? Oh yeah, man. I love koalas. I love the noise that they make. True. Because it's so unexpected. Like, have yeah. you? If you heard like koalas, they like scream and stuff, and they snap. Yeah. They sound like they kind of sound like pigs. I was. It's like the most unexpected <laughs> thing. Yeah, they they have this like really. Low, I don't want to make this sound because it's kind of awkward, but it's this really low. Just go on YouTube after the show this morning. Jump on YouTube and look up koala sound. And you will you will be shocked and surprised if you haven't heard it before. Well, oh, well, I haven't really heard that, but I've certainly loved looking at them and in being mm. close to them. You know, so oh, yeah. we went to this. My husband and I went to the Australia Zoo over the Christmas New Year break earlier this year, and the Australia Zoo's got this section where you can actually walk through, and the koalas just wander around. So I had all these videos of them literally walking, you know, from one area to the next, right under my feet, or just being up above me, where you could actually just mm. touch them. But I've always just been. 
a lover of that. That's my favourite native animal of Australia, you know. Mm. So, um, and and of course, you know, they're actually very much at risk with when there's bushfires, especially. And um, and so the the interesting thing is that here in Australia, what's what's happening is that the government's actually uh, mapped an area around the Coffs Coast. So uh, for those who may not know where that is, that is the northern part of New South Wales, central. Yeah, the northern part of New South Wales. So you've got look Coffs Harbour, Kempsey, Nambucca Heads, mm. Clarence Valley, all that area um, is actually there is a proposal that's going through that is uh, a grand vision about having a, the Great Koala National Park. So it's mm. called GKNP for short, mm. but the Great Koala National Park because it could be the, and it could actually be the world's first national park to protect koalas. And isn't mm. that just like, I love that, that the, the sound of that, this music to my ears. So koalas are actually unique to the, um, to the world here. And we've actually, of course, got <sighs> yeah. them right, right here. They thrive in areas along the coast in forests. Um, and that's why particularly this area that has been chosen is the area where they're actually looking at having a whole lot of land that uh, that they're going to be having for this national park. So they're actually looking at protecting about 175 thousand hectares sorry 315,000 hectares of forest for koalas in public mm. lands that's a massive amount of of land 315,000 hectares mm. um and so yeah they're going to actually be um protecting look the proposal is to actually protect this area so that the koalas can actually thrive in these areas. And it's the areas, of course, that are typically used these days for logging and for therefore for real estate because a lot of people want to live along the coast and be close to the beaches in every way. Um, and so here's the thing, that the numbers of koalas have actually significantly dropped from 1999 to to 2010, but then particularly in 2019 to 2020, of course, we know that there were a lot of bushfires in Australia. Remember that? That was just like massive. Um, mm. There were even bushfires even in South Australia. Remember Kangaroo Island? I think two thirds was burnt at yeah. the time. That was just like massive. That was the big narrative to come out of the bushfires. One of the, the unfortunate things that took place was the death of like so much wildlife. Oh, and it was so much really wildlife. like the koala population that took such a big hit big hit because the koalas among the animals that are like in in that category of when bushfires and whatnot like ravage places they are they have the least chance of survival you know their ability to move their ability to to be able to you know get away from these kinds of things is is they're not very mobile they're not very fast no, they're not very fast and so so many of them died and it was really really sad because like oh man that's terrible but yeah. it's amazing to hear that oh as we uh, are taking steps you know seeing the koala population rebound and whatnot it's like oh we've actually got this protected oh land isn't that fantastic so, so awesome. i love that you know because in the bible we're actually told to look after the environment of mm. course in genesis one god said to adam and eve you know not only to multiply but to have dominion to look after after also 
all, all the animals and that. And so we're actually called to do that by God. You know, I think even of a koala that we saw like last year, um, I was, I was still pastoring at that stage at mm. Nelson Bay. Um, I was the pastor there at Nelson Bay Church, at Seventh day Adventist Church. And there was actually a bushfire right behind the church and it came right to the back of our car park. And that it's a small area. And mm. so it literally came right to the back and there was, were trees that were burnt and there was one particular one when I arrived there the day after the fire. Um, and the fireys did an absolutely mm. fantastic job. But there up in, in this really big tree that was literally burnt and sithered right to the top was a koala sitting up there. Mm. So we actually had to call the National Parks and Wildlife um, and they actually came and, you know, just checked out the, the, the koala and everything mm. and, and did their, their part with that. But so, yeah, most of them actually live outside of national parks and the protected areas and in the less fertile areas. And so, you know, what they really need, those are lush forests that along the coast that actually give them the food that they need and so that they can actually move freely around. And here's the other beautiful thing too, is that even though there'll be this area for the koalas, it's also thought of that they're actually planning to do um, an area for the tourists and have a world-class walking track through mm. it in this natural habitat. So that'll be just something really super, I reckon, um, to go and say, oh, I'm going to be one of those first ones when that actually comes together i think to go out there with hubby so. oh that's awesome you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different what's our next quiz question for today please guys our next quiz question here we are finally be ye all of one blank having compassion one of another Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That is First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. If you know what that blank is, then text us at 0491-064-669. Again, finally, be ye all of one blank. That's such a good Having verse. Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That's First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. If you know the answer, you will get a chance in the draw. And by the way, the more questions that you answer, the more chances Absolutely. you get in the draw. But if you know the answer and to this one, in today. and you give us a correct answer, you'll go in the tra- that you get a chance in the draw for A Taste of Travel by Nancy Kite. Maybe you're like, oh, I, I'm kind of, I'm not even running out of countries. I'm just like, like, I'm just like, which one should I do? Because is there so one many... for Iran or Iraq? Probably. Let me let me look through right here. Okay. Yep. If you are if you want, you wanted to hang out in the Middle East, head on over to Iran. You can eat some Iranian pistachio soup. Oh, I love pistachio. Or you can go to Iraq and eat barley lentil and fresh herb soup. Yum. Or you can go to Ireland and eat Emerald Isle oatmeal soup. Oh, that sounds really interesting. So, so guys, like, if you if you want a cuisine or a particular soup from a country guys we've got it it's in this book which you can win zero four nine one zero six four six six nine that is the number two text hey we've got a bunch of text messages coming in and we've got one here from suzanne saying welcome back show what is there not to like about faith fm especially the brekkie show oh wow oh, thanks suzanne that's lovely we <laughs> we we love the brekkie show too and we're so glad that you really love the brekkie show as well and faith fm 
them all round is so fabulous, isn't it? Isn't it? So thank you for your feedback, Suzanne. We've got another one here. Lawson, do you want to cover the one from yeah, Wayne? Yeah, so from Wayne, he says, Hey, Shell, happy to hear you're back. Shell, you play all the good songs on The Breakfast Show and on your Thursday show. Is it possible to attach the names of the songs somewhere on your homepage, like Shell's Hits Today? I don't know many songs. It would be cool if you'd be able to get a list, if we would be able to get lists daily. Thank you, Shell, and welcome back. Well, <laughs> Wayne, we have a system that is actually really, really amazing. So if you head on over to faithfm.com.au, jump on the website there, and in the top bar, you'll see on the very left-hand side, it says home, and then right beside that, it says listen. If you hover over that bar, there will be a drop-down box, and it says radio stations, live stream schedule, whatnot. And then it says our music. If you click on click on our music and then scroll down you actually see that we have listed there the top 100 songs in our rotation at the moment so you'll see all you know the different faith fm songs the different faith fm hits of course every song that we play on faith fm we announce the title of it and if we miss it you can text in and say hey what was that song but if you are wanting to get a list of songs it's right there on our website under the listen tab and then our music so just Head on up there. Apps. Guys, we have a fantastic Absolutely. website and an app with heaps of amazing features which you guys can utilize to your heart's content. Absolutely, in every possible way. So, yeah, go to that to faithfm.com. Hey, Lawson, what have we got in news on the geopolitics today? Geopolitics. Well, the idea of geopolitics is essentially it's, it's the study of the effects of Earth's geography mm. on politics and international relations. And so because of the situations of, say, some country somewhere, uh, there there is a, you know, the, the, they have a geographical location. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect the, the political, you know, landscape? Because ultimately politics and, and land masses and, you know, their rulers and whatnot is is arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you draw lines in the sand. It's like, I own this and you own this. Like that, this is incredibly arbitrary. Uh, but on the other hand, the, the mountains and the hills and the valley and the actual land that a person occupies is, is not arbitrary. Like that mm-hmm. land exists and because of those different land masses and what they contain and and you know where they are situated that affects the political climate of the particular country mm-hmm. uh, now there can be instances of geopolitics where it is just literally related to the the geography of the land or the topography of the land it's like oh there's a mountain here and in a way that affects this but often it's looking at like the how you say you have a country and it's next to another country and then it's next to that those two countries are next to a third country mm-hmm. and you know all and of these kind of sandwiched in together that's right and how all these be, uh, these regions border one another and then it's like okay well does each one of these countries bordering one another does that affect their political views mm. and their outtakes and their policies and and how they function as a political system or as a nation mm-hmm. and the answer is Pretty much always yes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and because depending on where land is, again, mm-hmm. you're always going to be influenced by the people around you. And that's because one thing that is, you know, very, very prevalent in politics is that every nation has borders. And that's right. And it's like in, the, in these nations and these borders and every nation is wanting to be successful in some sense compared mm-hmm. to the nations around them. Mm-hmm. And so... And there's competitiveness. There's competition, all of these things. And so geopolitics, again, where nations are and how that affects the political climate. Mm-hmm. And this is for like another example of this is say like in, in the Cold War, like you had Russia or well, the USSR and, mm-hmm. and uh, post-World War II, they had built into this 
quite a big empire and they had a number of Eastern Bloc countries on board. And, mm. you know, a question could come up. It's like, oh, why wasn't Portugal a part of the USSR? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. literally because of a land divide, right? Uh, yeah, land, so, big land divide. So, yeah, Portugal is all the way on the west of Europe. Yep. You've got, like, Eastern Europe. You know, it's like, okay, so that's why a country like Portugal didn't end up in the USSR versus a country like Poland, say, that mm. is that is right there amongst those yep amongst those countries. Well, there has been lots of talks in politics at the moment of a, uh, a Cold War brewing. And that Cold War, well, war, but then furthermore Cold War, uh, between the US and between China. Mm. And because these are two very large powers struggling very against one another with quite opposite ideologies in terms of how countries should be run and whatnot. And, and these countries are, you know, and it's, it's the talking point on every political news show and whatnot. They're like, oh, the US and China and what's going on. And some pretty key events have happened in that space recently. Mm. Uh, Joe Biden went to Vietnam for a conference there, an international uh, conference where he brought together the leaders of Vietnam and, stri- mm. you know, to strike trade deals and whatnot. This is the first time that US politicians have gone over to Vietnam for a meeting like this yes. since. Yes. since the end of the Vietnam War. Yes. And now they're strengthening these relations and the question is, well, why would they want... Why are they doing that? Why would they want to do that? And the big reason is because, oh, well, if American can have more influence in the Asian area, the Asia-Pacific area, ultimately they do better, they will do better at quelling the influence of China. Yeah. One big arena where we're seeing this play out Mm -hmm. is in the area of technology. Mm -hmm. So the influence of of various countries in the the area of technology. And so there has been this, there was a, there was a huge uh, step in that area and, you know, big, big, you know, movements taking place when ultimately the U S had worked with Taiwan and Korea and a number of the important manufacturing companies for computer chips Mm -hmm. now computer chips basically anyone any country like every country in the world can manufacture a computer chip but in terms of the bleeding edge Mm -hmm. and how much material you need to use to make a chip and this is a huge thing because silicon which is the material made to use computer Mm. chips is such a finite resource Mm. um the countries that are better at making computer chips have the ability to make more compact chips. So it's the leading, the two leading countries in the world is Taiwan and Korea. They can make four, um, I believe it's four, uh, is it nanometer chips, which is like, right. they make these computer chips really, that really are like tiny. really tiny and full of power. And again, this is like, it's like, okay, why is that important? Every single device you own, including not just like your laptop and your phone, which are like now necessary to life, but also your car, also the traffic lights, also this and that and the other run on these chips. And the the less material that we can use and the more efficient that we can make these chips, it's like you take steps further and further into, into industry. You take steps further and further, you know, you stride ahead of the competition of the, the way that your f- countries can function essentially. And so the U.S. is Biden's wanting to actually get in right with that because, yeah. That's right. That's right. To have that influence. And so they had put trade embargoes for China against these various countries, Mm. Taiwan and Korea. Mm. And basically they can't deal with those. And so China, you have to go and make your own chips. And the problem for China is, oh, we don't have the actually the manufacturing capabilities. We don't have the the know-how of those countries of of Korea, South Korea and Taiwan Mm. and even America to make 
things that are competitive. And so this is going to leave us in the dust. Then they brought out this phone uh, recently. It's uh, this Huawei phone, which is Huawei is like a big Chinese brand where it had a seven, uh, had a seven nanometer chip. And this was like, groundbreaking like that they they were they were able to do this and it was like whoa this is this is crazy that they that they have the ability to 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 make these chips because you know how how does this affect the political situation and especially because what we see is this you know between china and taiwan especially the tensions that are there and that was a huge reason why china wants to occupy taiwan is because of these tensions wow what's so interesting about this to me and reflecting it into christianity is now taiwan because of its situation with you know this technology and whatnot has become one of the most important countries geopolitically in the world mm-hmm. over the last couple of decades like we have seen that you know particularly when we saw the invasion of iraq and whatnot it was like the most important countries were like oh it's where we get oil from now it's like where we oh, there's so much i need to say on this that i think we're, we're running out of time but it's interesting to see that the most important land masses and countries in the world it shifts from era to era to era it does, who has it? what and it's it's we're sitting in this situation where we're, we're looking forward to the future and it's like oh where is prophecy moving? Where is God moving? And it's ultimately, yes. we have a home, we're looking up to heaven. Absolutely. Uh, in which, yeah, that is, that is the place where we are desiring not a particular country. This- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are talking to Paul Murgard from Destiny Rescue. We are. Paul, are you there with us? Oh, I think, are you there with us, Paul? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, man. Awesome. We are so stoked to have you on the show. And at a very, in a very timely, um, moment, uh, because of a real focus and attention that has come to this topic of basically trafficking, uh, and, you know, human Sex rights issues mm. and slavery and, and whatnot. And this has been particularly because of the release of a movie. It's called The Sound of Freedom. We've talked about it here on the show. And if you've been on Facebook or social media or any news websites, um, you probably would have seen, yeah, people bringing this movie up and, and, and people are really, their eyes are opening to this issue of trafficking. And Paul, you're working for Destiny Rescue, uh, this, this organization that is dealing with these sorts of issues. And we're so happy to have you on the show so that you can tell us all about it. So I I guess we start from there. Tell us a bit about yourself and uh, the work you're doing with Destiny Rescue. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Lawson. And look, Destiny Rescue, we're an Australian founded organization back in 2001. We currently work in 12 nations around the world Mm. and we exist to rescue children from human trafficking and child sexual exploitation and keep them free. So Mm. we go into some of the darkest places on the face of the planet where kids are being exploited. We build cases in conjunction with law enforcement in most of those countries and then work with law enforcement to get the kids out of the situation they're in, getting the mm. perpetrators arrested, and then work with the kids on what we call a pathway to freedom. So wow. looking at an individualised freedom plan for kids so that we can not only just get them to safety, but we can get, make sure that they stay free, that they've you know, got the, the psychosocial support that they need, they've got spiritual support, they've got the opportunity to, to you know, get another job or go back to school or whatever it might be so that we can break that cycle of exploitation. 
Mm. Oh, that's fabulous Incredible. work that you're doing in that space. Wow. So 12 nations around the world. That that must be huge. And to coordinate that in every way would just take a lot um, and a lot of people involved. So tell us what motivated you personally though, to get involved in Destiny Rescue and tell us a bit about your, your journey in that space. Yeah, really. It was actually another movie. So back in the early 2000s when the movie Amazing Grace came out, it really opened my eyes again to the issue of human trafficking. And I started advocating and doing what I think a lot of your listeners are probably going to be doing at the moment after, you know, seeing something like Sound of Freedom. You start to go, oh, well, I never knew this was an issue. You start to investigate it. It took me to go into India uh, back in the early 2000s uh, with a friend of mine. We took a week's holiday and went and worked uh, with a number of different NGOs in a slum in Mumbai's red light, uh, largest red light district. Mm. And on that trip, I just met quite a number of women who had been sold as young kids. And one particular wow. lady, Anita, really stood out to me. And I've met Anita on quite a number of occasions now that, you know, at the age of nine, she was already working in a garment factory in Nepal. Mm. And one day a lady came into that garment factory and said to Anita and her friend, hey, if you come with me, I'll get you a better job that pays more money and you can send that money back to your family. And so Anita believed that, went with this lady, and before she knew it, over the next couple of days, she was uh, trafficked down from Nepal into Mumbai and then found herself in the red light district. And so for the next 15 years was exploited. Now, Anita eventually got free. Um, she was able to get herself out of that situation and then she was working with a Christian organisation in Mumbai helping other women come out of the sex trade that wow. had been trafficked and, and exploited. And there is something about someone who has been so redeemed, like what I saw mm. in Anita was someone that just embodied redemption and grace and a second chance at life. And she has inspired me, you know, for 20-odd for years now just to really make a difference in this space because I saw the difference that she was making after she overcame so many obstacles that were put in her way. Mm. Uh, that is an incredible Powerful. testimony. You've just really both barrels this morning. Oh, wow. That is that is amazing. Now, as you said, that's uh, an incredible testimony from the area of Mumbai in India. According to your website, and as you said, you're working in 12 different countries and three different continents. And and I love what you've shared there. It's like, oh, in Mumbai, you know, in, in this, and for this particular woman, it looked like this situation. Where? When you're doing work in these in these different continents and in these different countries, are you see like, like what are the differences that you see there, and what do you see in the stories coming out from there as to the way that this uh, awful trade is running, but then the way that people are coming out of it and being rescued from that? Yeah, look, it is definitely different in each part of the world. So if I think about our work in, say, Thailand, Philippines and Cambodia, mm. a lot of that is kids being drawn into, you know, the, the bars and brothel kind of area, you know, where a lot of even Aussie tourists go or mm. travellers when they go overseas. And unfortunately, when we go in undercover in those countries, we often see a lot of Australian men uh, in those bars and establishments exploiting mm. kids. Oh, and so that's, wow. you know, working wow. very much in conjunction with police to get them out. Mm. Uh, then the work we do in Africa, uh, we work in uh, three countries across Africa, in Uganda, Kenya and Zimbabwe at this point in time. And most of the kids that we would rescue in those countries are kids that are literally desperate to survive. So, mm. you know, I met a girl last uh, at the beginning of this year in, in Zimbabwe and she was uh, literally out selling herself for 25 US cents so she could put food on the table for her sister. 
And that was just driven, you know, her exploitation was really driven by huge poverty and just desperation to survive. And she realised, you know, she just learned from some of her friends that if she went and sold herself out in the slum, uh, she could, you know, get enough money to actually put mm. food on the table. And so we really work with them to help break the cycle of poverty. And then the work we do in Latin America uh, and we don't talk specifically about countries there, but that tends to be more, uh, you know, we're dealing with some of the cartels and, you know, kids. It, it could be child brides. It could be, um, yeah, other exploitation just happening uh, in the in the broader family or community. And then up in Nepal, we have uh, 24 border stations where last year we conducted over 23,000 interviews of girls being taken across the border from oh, Nepal. Wow. And we've got an army of Nepalese women who are border agents. And last year we rescued wow. 920 oh. uh, girls and women on that Nepal border oh, who were being trafficked across the border. Most of those kids hadn't been exploited yet. They were, they'd been groomed on Facebook or Snapchat oh. or wherever it might have been. And they were literally hours away from being in a brothel. And oh. we were able to get them just at that last point of crossing that border. A little bit like Anita, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, our work in Nepal really reminds me a lot about what Anita would have gone through, mm. you know, a long time ago before we were ever in that area. Um, but yeah, we really that last line of defence working with border agents and and the Nepalese government in those border stations. And praise mm. the Lord that you've been able to prevent, you know, those 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 young ones um, so you know soon enough before they're actually exploited in that. But my, what goes up through my mind too, just a question on that is how do they learn to trust others after what they've actually been through, which is just incredible. So um, that they actually trust somebody else, you know, to actually be able to to go with them too. So. Um, yeah, in that space. But hey, also, also we've, just a question with this, Paul. We're just wondering about, you know, on your website, it actually says that there's some undisclosed locations as well. Why are they undisclosed? You know, I don't know if you're able to share anything in that space at all or not. Um, and how do they, how do you then function in some of these areas? Is it much the same or, you know, and why are they undisclosed? Mm. Yeah, look, most of the reason we've got a couple of countries that we just don't talk about publicly. One is either, uh, for, you know, risk of being kicked out of those countries. Some of those countries, uh, you know, have governments that aren't always friendly to foreign NGOs that are working in those spaces. And, and sometimes it is governments that, you know, kind of might take that approach that, well, we don't have that problem in this country. It happens maybe in our neighbouring countries, but not in ours. And then there's other countries which, just for security reasons, uh, you know, because of some of the work we are doing, there are risks attached to that, and we just don't want to... Uh, be too public about some of those countries. The, what we do inside those countries is pretty much the same as what we do anywhere else that mm -hmm. we talk about publicly. Um, but you've just got, you know, often it's more about security risks mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just some of the, the criminal activity that we come up against that we just have to be careful about what we say publicly. So, mm. yeah, for sure to protect the operation mm. going forward. Mm. Something that you mentioned there as well, you know, about the, the Nepal border, mm. um, is that these young kids are groomed over Facebook mm. and Snapchat and whatnot, which are two apps that are prevalent not only in Nepal, but all over the world mm -hmm. here in Australia as you know, I'm for myself, I'm, I'm 24 now, but I had a Facebook account by the age of 12 and a Snapchat by 14. Like, uh, is, Child trafficking a common thing here in Australia as well. If they're if they're using these methods overseas and they're they're working and you guys are stopping it, uh, is is that also something that is taking place here? 
Yeah, we estimate about 70% of the people we would rescue have been groomed somehow online. Mm. And wow. it's, and, and look, it does happen here in Australia. It is a little bit different probably in Australia because of a lot of the safety nets we have, but mm. kids are trafficked in Australia. The kids in Australia that tend to be trafficked are more the kids that have slipped through the cracks of our you know, care system, um, kids that are couch surfing. I was talking to a colleague just a few weeks ago and was telling me about a girl. He works in um, youth welfare and he was telling me about a girl that they just had just identified she was couch surfing. She had a guy come up to her and said, hey, you can come and live at my house for rent free, but it's with these conditions. And she was being sexually exploited. And so, um, you know, I think one of the things in Australia that we have that a lot of other countries don't have is we have a massive big moat around our country. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's not like in the US where kids are really easily trafficked from, you know, Latin America and South America, Central America up in, into the US. But um, there are certainly kids being exploited in Australia, uh, you know, for sexual purposes. Um, and often it is those kids that are couch surfing and, um, you know, maybe out of, in out of care and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. but, I, but I do think it's important for families to realize what it is so important. And I can't recommend this highly enough for parents with kids. You need to know what your kids are on. You need to be aware of their devices. There's some really good apps out there that you can put on your kids' phones or on my kids. They hate it, but they've got, I've got an app on their phone. I can see all of their activity. Um, because it is so common for kids to be groomed online and, you know, for people to start chatting to them on chat groups and whatnot, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got this 15-, 16-year-old that thinks that some, you know, hot-looking guy has fallen in love with her and he's legit, and then all of a sudden, lives are ruined. And yeah. So we, we need to be across our kids' social media. That's it. And, and Paul, just just with um, just hearing some of what you're saying, is it far far more prevalent? And if so, how much more prevalent is it with females, young girls to, to young boys? Uh, for us, we like 91 percent of our rescues last year were girls and, wow. and women. Like most of our rescues, we aim for you know people under the age of 18. We do rescue those over the age of 18 if we find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think look, we are seeing an increase of boys being trafficked. Often boys are trafficked more into labour trafficking situations. Mm-hmm. But I think our stats are probably a little bit more skewed because of the places that we probably tend to go looking for kids. We aren't, you know, we are spending time. Our agents probably spend more time in places that girls are going to be trafficked than where boys would be trafficked. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, last year. Uh, uh, I was up in Thailand at the end of last year, met a 14-year-old boy that we had rescued. One day after school, him and his mate just went down to the local internet cafe to play video games as they do in that community. Mm. And, he, you know, didn't have a computer at home or anything like that, but they would go down to the local internet cafe playing computer games and a guy came in and kidnapped him and his mate and they spent three months uh, in a brothel. Oh, no. Uh, and we were able to get him out of that situation and on his pathway to freedom, so... You know, we certainly do rescue boys as well, but we probably spend more time looking in the places where girls are. Oh, yeah. God bless you for the work you guys are doing, an amazing work, and the risks that people are taking just to save other people's lives and, you know, take them out from trafficking is absolutely incredible. And so, so Paul, how has your faith and Christian beliefs actually impacted you in this space? Yeah, look, I think for me, it's such a core part of my faith. I believe, you know, in the Bible, uh, like there's so many verses that talk about, 
you know, speaking up for the orphan and the vulnerable, for those that uh, can't speak for themselves. And, and we, you know, really motivated by our love for God, really, you know, I feel very much called. This is really part of my own ministry, I oh, suppose, to, to just see that God has just placed us in a position. Mm. But like all of, our, all of your listeners, we're, we're all called to play a part of the body. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of us might be a finger, some of us might be a toe, some might be a, an arm. And, you know, I just see that we can only do what we do because of the body of, of Christ, but also just the, the, the body of Australia, like, you know, average everyday Aussies that go, you know what, I can make a difference in the life of a child. Yes. And together we get to do this. I can't rescue kids by myself. I need a whole lot of other people that are helping us to go out there and rescue kids and get them to a place of safety. Mm, that's incredible. And I love, you know, you brought up there that need to be a part of the body and also the need to, to minister to those who are in vulnerable positions. And it's so unfortunate. You know, the work that you're doing is to save those who are being preyed on because they're vulnerable. And the, like, and it's, it's, you, the question could come up in the mind. It's like, okay, how important is this? And for Jesus, he says, you know, speaking of the most mm-hmm. vulnerable people, our children, mm-hmm. he says, man, mm-hmm. you know, it is it is better to, to tie a millstone your, around your neck and throw it in the sea yeah. um, than, than to, to lead these children into harm. And, mm-hmm. and so it's amazing to say, okay, well, we're actually taking a call like that seriously. And, mm. and making changes in our world and that, you know, Destiny Rescue and then with your work, Paul, they're actually taking strides to, to live up to those words of Jesus. That's amazing. And obviously as well, and as we mentioned at the start of the interview, The Sound of Freedom has been, you know, captivating audiences. People are becoming more aware of mm. this issue mm. of child trafficking. Yeah. Uh, and as you've been sharing, you know, the things that you guys are doing about that, but... W- you know, and I, I guess it's maybe a watershed moment for you guys to see that, oh, wow, people are really getting on board with this. And, mm. and I'd love to ask, you know, for, for your opinion on the movie and, and how that compares to the values of Destiny Rescue and, and the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, look, I think the movie is a great eye-opener for people and we're seeing a huge response of, of just Aussies going, we're, we never realised that this is really what happens because there's over a million children sold into the sex trade every single year right around the world. Wow. Um, the, the movie is a Hollywood depiction of what happens, so it's based on a true story, but there are things in the movie that have been Hollywoodized, I suppose. It's, it's not, and it's, it's one example of what happens for many kids. Um, but I would encourage your listeners to go and see it. I think you get educated. Uh, we've then got on our website a whole heap of documentaries that people can watch that are, you know, the, the, really the true story. They haven't been manipulated for Hollywood value and all that sort of stuff. But I think the movie does depict one part of the type of work that we do. Like the movie is not about Destiny Rescue, but, uh, our raid work is very similar to what you see on the movie. Mm. Um, and then there's a, you know, but we do a lot, there's a lot more to it. And again, I think your listeners just need to remember when they go and see it, that's just one example of one kid's story sure. um, of what happened to them. But, you know, it is a powerful movie. It's been really well produced. And I just love the fact that it's making people aware of the topic. Mm. Paul, that is amazing. We're going to have to oh, move on amazing. with the show. We could keep talking about the incredible work you're doing, but thank you so much for joining us and giving us some insight into this yeah, place in which you guys are working and I believe where God is working. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.